what do we got? What can we shovel out of this? What can we, what can we do to have like the world's greatest opening? I don't know. We talked about the weather already, and that's pretty much <laughs> that is the Midwest. And I wasn't even recording for that, so like uh, that's the Midwest yeah. cold open. Let's talk about the <laughs> that's weather. the weather. Oh, How about so this weather we're having? I feel really thing. bad in like normal conversation when I talk about the weather, and then I realize like, oh, dude, I'm I'm that guy right now. Oh. But I really want to talk about the weather right now. <laughs> but are you not somebody from Ohio? I am somebody this is from what, Ohio. This is what we do. And you know what? Because I, I have this mental struggle too because I'm like, hey, man, let's talk about the weather. It's crazy, isn't it? And then you start talking about it. And then as you're saying it, you go, I'm, I'm that, that guy. guy. Yeah. But, but when there's the a bag- 40 degree difference in 12 hours, it's worth mentioning. <laughs> when you, it's a big deal. And because we're in the Midwest, right? Like you start to notice the other person is into it. Oh yeah, yeah. and they don't care. But but you do because you identified. You're like, listen, I've led this off. But we're all really fascinated because yeah, what was it last last week? We, we had it's it froze on Monday. It was like everything was covered in frost, and then Tuesday it was 78 degrees. Yeah, 24 hours it was like a 70 degree swing. Man. Okay, so maybe 50-something, but still. That's, that's pretty massive, though. That's not, like, normal. I mean, people in Arizona aren't talking about this. <laughs> They're just saying, it's hot still. <laughs> it's still dry. <laughs> I'd hate Sands to be like a weatherman a thing. <laughs> Sands a thing. You get what you get sometimes. And weather talk and mocking the people of Arizona. A meta weather talk, too. Talking about the weather. About talking about, about the weather. Talking about the weather. Hmm. You can only be listening to the Lighthouse <laughs> IT Solutions podcast. The technology uh, podcast that covers the weather and other hard-hitting things like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> but you know what? I Listen... As maybe kind of lame and an unexciting as maybe it may be for us in just our normal everyday lives as we get ready. I mean, Griff, it's November. Can you believe that? I'm surprised myself, to be I honest. Just, this year, and I say this every year, but I genuinely mean it every single year. Flying by. It's just flying by. Well, the next holiday, though, is the, the exciting one. So That's my favorite. Thanksgiving. I salute you. You're my fave. You know, we got a lot to talk about. And uh, Thanksgiving aside, as exciting as that is to be looking forward to, we've got one more podcast and then it's Thanksgiving. And then the next time that you hear us, we'll probably be lethargic from all the turkey we ate. Right? Oh, I hope so. But until then, we're stuck talking about the news. And I do have some really interesting things that I see on this here list. So I can't wait to get it started off. It wouldn't be a podcast to start if we didn't complain a little bit about Reddit. So what's going on over there? True. Last year was Twitter. This year's Reddit. But don't worry. We'll still talk about Twitter later on today. Like how they were just recently appraised for half the value that Elon Musk made yeah, for? Yeah. <laughs> I did see that, too. Well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Reddit. So Reddit. Let's talk about one dumpster fire before yeah. the other dumpster fire. Reddit has made some, some interesting uh, demands, I guess. Basically, this kind of follows after newspapers had started demanding payment for articles used to power ChatGPT, which, you know, 
that's kind of reasonable. I mean, it is your content, and now all of a sudden this AI is scraping all of your content and giving it away for free when you're not seeing ad revenue and things like that on your website. So that's fair. There is a way to completely block these these trackers from from going on that site. But, it, you know, if they're demanding payment, mm -hmm. then maybe they they want it to still happen but figure out a way to, to make it commercialized. But Reddit has made a bold claim, though, saying that if they can't reach deals with these you know generative AI companies to pay for its data, because Reddit is obviously something that's going to get scraped as well, then the company's just going to block Google and Bing search crawlers completely, which again was what we kind of said you can do. But that means that Reddit posts won't show up in search results at all, which I do all the time, search site, you colon. know, colon reddit.com to figure out what an exact answer is quickly so I can weed out all the attention-seeking Google news articles and stuff. Well, and sometimes it's nice, too, because the search feature within Reddit isn't always self-serving. Yeah. It, it's self-serving. Yeah. So doing it via Google is actually way better of an experience. Because you're getting it based on relevancy. But that's going to go away if this happens, which I, I haven't been reusing Reddit, to be honest, much anyway. But, like, this is just another step towards making it unusable. Yeah. I, I, I still check on it a couple times a week um, because it's still probably the best aggregate of certain things for, for news, um, primarily racing. But I think we talked about Formula One is one of the things that I follow. That is one of the groups that was ousted. Their their moderators were ousted. Yeah. And so it's replaced really just – like completely yeah, replaced, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were com completely replaced, so they're they're fairly unmoderated. And I've noticed the level of garbage post has gone up a little bit. Yeah, you know, through through upvoting and stuff, it's it's being self policed a little bit. But... Hard to manage spam when you don't have any third party connections, though. Yep. So yep. So it's not as good. It's not as accurate. There's a lot more garbage posts than there used to be, and so that makes it a little bit harder for me to follow but yeah a lot of the racing stuff because let's be real sports in general there's so much clickbait yeah that it's hard to find reputable sources whereas reddit usually is you know user sourced and at one point in time the previous moderators they had no post from these organizations because they are oh. no notoriously not allowed and now they're allowed because those rules don't exist right yeah so from from satire to just out blatant misinformation, I guess they're just it's just lies. Yeah. There's just straight up lies and rumors. Yeah. So it's hard to really get behind, but it is still fairly useful as an aggregate because that is a global. Like Formula One is an easy one for me to refer because it's a global brand. It's a global identity. Yeah. So there's so many different news articles that are non English that you can read that are trusted. But yeah. Anyway, say that to say. I went from being a couple of times a day Reddit user to a couple of times a week. Yeah, which is a huge decrease, man. Yeah. That's, that's nuts. But speaking of Google, Chrome's got an interesting thing that it's proposing. It's now testing a feature that is going to mask users' IP using proxy servers. And just in short, it, it really is just going to designate an IP for a specific zone. So, like, you know, the example was Detroit. So a, a small portion of Detroit's, you know, inner city will have a specific IP assigned to it. I think they call these uh, geo IPs. Mm -hmm. It's you a know. proxy service. Yeah. It's, it's a bundled proxy service. Now, the only thing that's going to be interesting here, we've been talking a lot about how Google has been self-serving. And this comes off as being privacy-focused because geographically, 
you're going to be able to get some demographics from that, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah you know, if it's a suburb of Detroit versus, you know, downtown. How much do you bet that this becomes a subscription service in the future for advertisers? Very well could be, yeah. Or creates more value for their own advertising network. Yeah. Self-serving again, man. And to be fair, we don't know this to be true. I'm making a jump. However, we're watching what Google says and what Google does. And since they're and they not, don't always... they're not user focused anymore. So the fact of them making this kind of claim or that this testing of a feature, yeah, it doesn't sit well. It's, it does it feel like it's going to be, yeah. yeah. Which you know, I'm sure people are going to pay for something like that. They a lot of people pay for VPNs and stuff already. You know. We'll but, the, but I get the impression that this IP protection is going to be free. It's built into the browser. To start, at least, yeah. You know, because Opera used to build in, and I think they still do, the VPN service, basic VPN service that you yeah. can do. Yeah. But this is, this is geographically you'll get an IP address that's representative of about where you are. But I do feel like they'll be able to use the data because they're the intermediary here. They will have access to that data. Yeah, if anything, this hurts, you know, other third parties while Google still is has that exact IP information and they don't need to, you know, display this, it or anything. This but. comes off as anti competitive. Yeah. If they move forward and they create if they if we find out that they're using the data pre spoof. I mean this which so, they could. This supports their monopoly, the claim of them being a monopoly, which they're still getting sued for. Apparently in twenty twenty one there was a twenty-one um, billion, I think, dollar investment to Apple and things like that to have them be default on their platform, yep, yep. that type of thing. But what they found via digging of what Google's revenue and stuff was that they were making like one hundred sixty billion on those types of deals. So they're like, okay, well, that's that's a case for them being a monopoly basically or something. Yeah, but yeah, Google's yeah. point was like, well, this could happen either way. People like our service. So there, there's a chance that, you know. I don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, that's the frustration I yeah. have is I don't anymore. But that type of thing, like who knows what's going on, man. But another kind of uh, exciting feature that Google is releasing is this Google Maps search results making photos more important. So now you're going to be because it's going got live this week. Now you're going to be able to search a location, you know, say restaurant near me, and it's not going to just show the title anymore. It's going to show a photo. Hmm. But it is not a photo that the business owner gets to choose, oh. which makes things very interesting from a, you know, digital presence point of view. And businesses really need to start thinking about what does their Google listing look like and what photos are on there, user or otherwise. So... Now, since you're going to see this one photo that is selected by AI, <laughs> says Google, then you're going to have to really encourage people to upload like positive photos as well as reviews. I was just thinking, like, Here, here's like a dirty toilet. Like, just yeah. Keep, like, if we can figure out a way to game the system and be like. They, they did state that it is not going to be the most popular photo, like because you can tell how many photos or views a photo has on the Google Business uh, Manager. But it'll be one that is probably the highest engagement, I guess. Or based on reviews, the words that, oh, bathrooms are ugly or bathrooms yeah. are terrible. Could and be then you things. have this picture of like, or, oh, fried rice is the best here. You could have one of the photos. It's going to be able to detect and it's going to show you the photo of fried rice. That's yep. what I think it is. I think it's going to be an aggregate it, of. It'll depend on the search that you have as well. So. And yeah. yeah. It, but it's. 
that's going to be a huge change for for digital presence stuff. But and, it's hard for branding because you want to you want to control that. And it, it's a shame that it's not going to be you know your logo or anything like that or you know the 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 outside photo of your you know lobby or something. It's it's just going to be helps drive you to your business. Yeah, it's going to be that terrible dish that somebody served or you know yeah like the bathrooms. So yeah. yep. But that's rolling out this week, man. So huzzah! Yep, get get on that. I gotta get on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you even doing here? What about doing here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm at least not in Europe right now, where Facebook and Instagram are releasing this paid ad free subscription. So we did kind of talk about this last time, but now it's actually out and it's a it's a thing happening and it's likely to go across the world soon. So. Basically, just anybody over 18 that lives in the EU, Facebook and Instagram are going to just have a subscription service to remove ads. It's that simple. 10 euros for iOS, 13 for Android. Wait, what? Um, Yep. Why is Android more expensive by 3 euros per month? Wouldn't you assume Apple to be more expensive because of the cut? Well, I think the Google Play, or sorry, what's the, it's Google App Store now. Just renamed again. Yeah. But whatever the Google Store is. I think they do a very similar cut. Too. They're taking like thirty percent, are they? Oh yeah, Apple. Uh, Apple set the standard of well, yeah, standards. Yeah, but the reason I'm bringing it up the, uh, now because we did talk about this last time is this is initially applying across all linked accounts in Meta, so it'll cascade, if you will. But that is going to change March 2024, which is new news. So don't believe that you can do this and get away with you know having all your accounts linked together and everything. This is going to be per account in March 2024. You know, I was thinking, I guess there was a a meta earnings call recently and it was, and I apologize because I I don't have the exact stats on it, but it was something about the whole reason they rebranded was to discuss the metaverse. And (laughs) do you know how many times metaverse was mentioned in the call? Well, okay, so if you were to ask me this like two years ago, I'd, I'd have said like 50 times. But now, like maybe one? I think twice. Yeah, the, he's really not he's happy really about pulled, the whole situation. He's really pulled back on the metaverse of itself Yeah, that, that Zuckerberg only mentioned it. Mm-hmm. However, they did talk a lot about AI, and I believe somebody counted he said it 70 times. Wow. He, me- he mentions AI 70 times. Hmm. So it's funny, they rebrand the company to Meta to embrace the Metaverse, and it's nothing to do with who they are. I I do think AI is a crucial step in making a Metaverse work, but I agree. I don't think the Metaverse works, like, foundationally, so... Yeah, I I think the the true Metaverse requires things like virtual reality and AI being far more robust. So as Which a long yet, yeah. as a long as a long term strategy, sure. I Dude, think in, you can get there. Ten but, years, there's a there's a lot higher chance of this working, but And maybe know. that's just it. You're hedging your bets. You're not talking about it because AI is the revenue generator. True. I mean five years ago NVIDIA hedged everything on AI and their stock went up a stupid amount. So Yeah, we didn't we talk about that? Like it was just one of those things yeah. where they, they quietly invested in AI mm-hmm. and focusing their chips to be adv- to work more towards AI and instead of like mining and stuff, yeah. But they five years ago, you know, you could see the decline of that. So, but nobody knew, and now it's like, okay, well, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, it's like, why are you still growing? Yeah, because our chips are used in language, a large language model. Yep, it's amazing. Well, here's the Twitter talk. 
It's a short one, really. Musk is trying to turn X into kind of the original X.com, which was PayPal. And kind of further along than that, because he actually in, in this article calls out PayPal for, you know, when he sold it for not following through with the roadmap that he had designed. Um, he sold it. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> he wanted them to have debit cards. He wanted them to have savings accounts. He wanted them to be a full on bank, be able to do loans and everything like that, which Apple has already done, admittedly. So I guess this is kind of isn't Musk there, being like. Yeah, but isn't there, I mean, PayPal has a debit card and Venmo, that offset of them, also does all of that. I get advertisements all the time for flipping credit card. I think his point was this didn't happen in 2002, you know, like two years after he sold it, that type of thing. I don't know that there'd be trust in it yet. I don't think so. Absolutely not. Yeah. And now that digital digital finance is becoming popular. Yeah. 2002, uh, people were still using cash. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, his, his point is he wants to turn X into a full-on kind of bank. You know, he, he said specifically, he doesn't want this to be something that you send your friend 20 bucks, you know, like Venmo. He wants this to be like, you do not need a traditional bank anymore. Store all your money here, man. Okay, but that's a trust thing. That's definitely a trust thing. And you have to get me to trust Twitter yeah. to be a bank. You have to get me to trust Elon Musk. Which has lost half its value. To be a bank. You need to trust, you, you need me to... What you need to in this post FTX world, yeah, right? You need me to trust so many people just got tech. burned, like, there's no way, yeah. You're, you're not going to get me to trust something that's not a bank yep. to be a bank when we have way more experience seeing. I don't even trust banks 100%, yeah, but I trust them way more than I do Elon Musk. I'm so floored that this is happening, he said, by the end of next year. But this is the everything app he's been talking about. So it does fall in line with what he's been talking about. It's just not, I don't know. Maybe I thought it was going to be this a, little is a little This is a little bit more focused, I think, than the investment app module that we talked about yeah. that he wanted to do. I think that's really, I mean, unless, you know, of course, he's going to, I mean, this is this what is a lot the of banks first, do. first, I guess, for that, though. Yeah. So... Makes sense. It's just like, come on, guy. All right. So I have something I want to talk about a little bit, and it is AI related. This is what's kind of cool on this. I think this is huge news. This is this is this a is this is huge news. Thing. But speaking of AI, President Biden has released an executive order outlining the use of AI and some basic governance. Now, of course. Ultimately, this is a plan on making plans is the best way to put it. It's a very large document, and I'm going to sit here and tell you what I've done is just read these cliff notes by several companies. <laughs> it's a long read. If you're so fascinated by it, cool, check it out. But in a nutshell, what we've got is that he's, he's outlining a plan that says, listen, okay, one, you need to build safety measures into the system. And those safety measures need to be shared. And it's a requirement that what you're doing to show how you're protecting sort of and protecting is like they have a list of things that you can and can't do. And how are you out? How are you preventing it? Mm -hmm. for, for instance, AI should not be used to help develop bioweapons. Okay, makes sense, right? Like yeah, <laughs> we don't want it to be able to be like, hey. Hey, ChatGPT, I want to, yeah, how do, how do I create this poison missile, right? 
so that that makes sense. Let's let's try to keep it on the straight and narrow. There is things in there about listen. You need to figure out ways that you are protecting Americans' privacy. I did think that that was interesting. It's not necessarily he's got a couple of line items to talk about international scope, but it is mostly like we don't care. We just want you to protect American privacy. Didn't we talk about a nonprofit that was doing a lot of? stuff to like assemble a council of like how to regulate AI for the future. If we didn't on the podcast, I know you and I have discussed yeah. a little bit on it. I Googled it. I couldn't find, but I did find the zero trust AI governance, which is kind of a framework with these principles that yeah. follow the same line. So also how to accelerate AI research. This is things like how, how can we cure cancer? How can we cure disease? How can we help people? And, sharing resources between organizations, helping smaller companies to continue the development of AI. Yeah, like even though that. that this is a big company, it seems like we're talking about big companies, but how do we help smaller companies that have something to contribute? It's it's about equal footing for them. I thought that was pretty interesting. He does talk about developing international standards for AI, like globally, how do we do things? Assisting government agencies to acquire technologies that leverage AI, I thought was kind of neat. So your smaller governments, how can they use AI? And I think there's a lot of use to that. If we get really good with AI, how many positions can we help smaller governments that can't afford to have 15 people on staff? How can you leverage AI to be able to, because I don't know if you know, there's a ton of rules on how to run a government. No way. And, you know, like we're in a small town, but our small town has to follow the same level of rules that, a, you know, a Toledo has to follow. Yeah, from maintenance and, to everything. I mean, and ensuring compliance and ensuring, you know, like there's like anti bribery rules that yeah. accessibility Toledo rules, has everything. people assigned to do that role, mm-hmm. but Elmore doesn't. But they're yeah. still held to that same standard. And, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. But we don't have the same financial resources. And so AI, AI could, tech to, to, could totally fix a lot of that issues. Or at AI least could really help yeah. us use smaller governments to make sure that they're staying compliant, that they're following the right things and mm. they're catching. You know, it's almost like, hey, if you had a consultant that did this, you know, and then addressing global challenges. And we know his platform. This is probably speaking specifically towards looking at climate change. Listen, you, that you could like talk about for some reason. You no, it, it, like th- this would be this would climate change is going to be the hot button topic, mm-hmm. but you could say food insecurity from a global standpoint. How do we help do that? How do we distribute foods? Of course, we, yeah. you and I both already know the answer is crickets and ants. But right, dude, seriously, <laughs> it's the other green meat. It's the other green. I just don't really know what that means, but. Had that pop up again in a discussion, and I was like, you know, it's not that bad. I've had both. And so he's like, well, what about ants? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, weirdly, like, weirdly fine. I kind of wish they didn't get stuck in my teeth like it's. Corn I said, or, uh, yeah, popcorn. I was like, it's popcorn. Crickets are a little worse because the the wings get stuck between your teeth, and that is far worse. You can probably buy wingless. Let's <laughs> Google. <laughs> Wing, buy wingless crickets. Well, I got to type edible first, or else you get weird results. <laughs> How weird? How weird are we talking? <laughs> I am excited because I do think we are in this world where AI is becoming anything goes. Like we we are very much. And I do think that setting some rules and some expectations is a good idea. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes from a good place, it seems. Um, are you ordering us 
40 pound bags of wingless for, crickets. for some reason i typed in edible wingless crickets and the the featured snippet that google has says native american tribes historically hunted and ate wingless mormon crickets as a staple protein wingless what crickets mormon i don't know why they're called mormon crickets i don't either but they are wingless so that does prove that there are many crickets that are wingless so there's a chance for you to not and the crazy thing is i, I know with ants the way you roast them you roast them till they crackle like popcorn <laughs> so we've been doing this for a while you know that right this is like i think technically we're in our season four yeah because we yeah, yeah. you know you start with one this is our fourth year doing this basically do you remember solar winds and the whole sunburst thing? That was one of like the oh, yeah. first big things. One of the big ransomware hits. Yeah. yeah. And we t- I remember we were talking all about it, and it was kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? It's almost like the end of the world. It was so close to us because it, it was very, very in our industry and everything. Yeah, and, and they, they, the issue was is they made a security like testing platform try to come out stronger from it yeah yeah and what ends up happening is the sunburst thing we find out it's because they had an ftp server with the password is like solar winds one two three Oof. so it was completely man. this it introduced this concept of massive supply chain breaches because somebody uploaded a malicious version of a library that got included into the final product and wow. completely man, we've cre- seen so much of that yeah. And now it's like we see it all the time, right? It's, admittedly, that's what happened kind of to 3CX. Yep. Not because a password was SolarWinds123, but happened because to, to teams. A, lo- a local developer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So we discussed them. That was back in, I think that broke in December of 2020. And that was a while ago. <laughs> it was. Huh. Well, the SEC has decided to file charges against SolarWinds. And in an unprecedented move, their CISO. Really? Yeah. This is intense. Normally, the SEC just goes straight after, like for security incidents, they're going after the businesses themselves. But the guy himself. And, and their reasoning, I it, like SolarWinds has come out and said, this is unprecedented. This is unfair. We think this is all. But what did he do? <laughs> Nothing. And that's, I think, what they're trying to say. Actually, they said that they aided uh, and abetted because they're actually nailing S- the, the SEC is going after SolarWinds for fraud. Oh. Yeah. So check this out. It's a whole different charge. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's kind of what we're looking at from the standpoint of charges. So, one, SolarWinds overstated its cybersecurity practices and failed to disclose known risks check this out, as early as October of 2018 oh. when they were trying to go public. So oh, all yeah. of this stuff would have to go through a disclosure process. Well, I mean, really, you are overstating your cybersecurity practices if your password is SolarWinds123. No freaking Your kidding. company name, 123. <laughs> then, based on statements that people like Timothy Brown, who is the now CISO, mm. as well as others have publicly made, contradicted assessments made by internal team members. They're quoted specifically in one of the articles is that one of the network engineers said something to the effect of, our remote access is not very secure. Wow. Meanwhile, they're saying we have state-of-the-art security processes. Just full blatant lies then. And this is where the SEC is basically putting the hedge of it. Rather than fix these problems, they portrayed an environment 
that was state-of-the-art, high-tech. Oh. So they painted this false sense of security mm-hmm, mm. and defrauded investors and customers alike. Huh. And pretty well said, even though Timothy Brown wasn't the CISO, he was involved and instrumental in aiding and abetting these lies being perpetuated in which a year later he would be promoted to the CISO. Wow. So the charges against Brown pretty much are not like, oh, you're going to go to jail kind of thing, but pretty much saying he cannot be a C-level. He cannot hold an officer's title in any organization. They want an injunction that he would be barred from that. Wow. What has people scared is that you, as let's pretend you're a CISO, you could have the SEC come after you. Is that fair if you are portraying, like, what if you, what if you missed something? It's not that you were intentionally negligent. You just missed something. And to have your entire life ruined because of it, th- this is a legitimate concern. Yeah, yeah. However, we are getting the impression, though, that the SEC's issue is, this is so egregious that this person actively hmm. denied and covered up known issues and it, worked with the company to hide these things yeah. rather than prevent them. And that's where they're saying, no, this is why we are making this a case. Because what we're saying is, is that you as a CISO, we understand that you are in a hard spot. And if you're in that hard spot and you're telling the company that they that there's these red flags, fine. But if you're helping the company hide these red flags, that's bad. Then you're not truly a CISO. Yeah. Guess there's an element that feels like it could be overstepping, but in the instance that they are presenting here with Solar Winds, if we had several years of data and red flags being presented to them, they even said that during an SEC filing, remember we talked about how, I believe it was MGM Casino had to oh, file yeah. that 8K because that form, that 8K form, because of their cybersecurity attack. Yep. Well, SolarWinds being a publicly traded entity would have had to file those too. They said that that document that they submitted was also full of fraud. Oh my gosh. So they're saying it's just one thing after another with this organization, and it sounds like they are going to take them to task. Well, if it's intentional like this, then yeah. (laughs) You can't just break laws like this left and right. When we even see, if you remember, there's an MSP division of SolarWinds, and they start going. And I I just loved it. Well, we're a different company. And I said, not in my Mm -hmm. mind. I said, you have the same culture. You changed your name. Yeah. Because you knew what a terrible show this was going to be. I, I have zero trust that you changed your name overnight. You didn't change your company overnight. Yep. That's wow. it. I mean, th- that's it for me. That's really all I've got there. And I think we've, man, that's those a, are some big things, man. I'm I'm interested to see. I, I do think governance over AI could be useful. At least the idea of having a council that helps ensure that this data is kept safe and that we're using this healthy because. There's some amazing things we could do with AI, but just the more good you can do with something, the more evil it's also capable of. Yeah, it's, and that's, that's really hard. It's the case with everything, though. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully nothing bad happens soon. Yeah. Otherwise, we're living in Terminator land. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I'm thinking about developing a new AI, and I'm gonna call it Skynet. So, <laughs> I don't I know if that's a good name. Birds. <laughs> They've already got that AI. Heck, all right. <laughs> Look, that that not only concludes 
another episode, but we're also through this is a, this effectively is our first podcast since the end of the National awesome. Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So yeah. congratulations to you and your team for surviving. I, I love the content that came out this year. Videos were great. I, I enjoyed that immensely. So some fun stuff. I'm looking forward to there's already been some talk that we're going to keep pushing and moving that style forward. Two and two in development, yeah. That's fantastic. In the meantime, if you are just like, hey, I listened to this podcast, I need to learn more, or maybe you want to go back and check out that SolarWinds, because I do think that was somewhere around September or uh, December of 2020. It goes back to our early guys days. Both Griffin and I were very hopeful. Actually, probably not. 2020 would be kind of in the midst of the pandemic, but... Uh, it could be the video podcast if it's December 2020. We had a video one that, that time. We did. And do you know why we don't do that anymore? It's a lot more work. <laughs> and I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, go check that out. You Maybe you can find out a little bit more. You can learn that history. You can do that by going to our website. It's lighthousesol.com forward stroke podcast. You do that, you're going to get introduced to the hub and you're going to get filtered content just telling you all about our podcasts. In addition, if you go there, you'll see this show as well as the notes and links to the content that we used to help build today's show. And then while you're there, go ahead and catch up on any missed episodes. Of course, if you get this, you're probably on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever you do. We get it. It's there, but the notes are important. They can be useful. A lot of times people think we make this stuff up. <laughs> I don't make this up. I'm not that I'm not that I'm not that funny. But look, in the meantime, while you're doing that and we're getting ready for one more episode before we're eating turkey time. I guess we're not eating turkey time. We're, we're enjoying we're gonna time. be on turkey time. Yeah. On behalf of Griffin, I've been Matt, who by the way, we never bothered to introduce ourselves for, except for right there. Cool. Peace out. <laughs>